Thank you, Joe. Thank you, musicians, for leading us to the throne of biblical, uh, the, to great throne of grace in biblical worship this morning. If you brought your Bible, I hope you did. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter five. We're still in the series of the Beatitudes, the greatest sermon ever written by the greatest sermon writer, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, when He wrote these words. And we are unpacking a verse a week. Uh, for the next several weeks, and this week we're looking at verse 5. But let's read the entire text for us to consider today. And I, I've changed up uh, the translation that I'm using today just a bit. It's next one or two words. It's not going to really uh, affect anything, but uh, I want us to look at the New American Standard Version, but also looking at the, the ESV, the English Standard Version as well, because the wording is just a little bit differently and I think more appropriate for us to consider today. Matthew 5 verse 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds he went up to the mountain. After he sat down his disciples came up to him or came to him. He opened his mouth and began teaching them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. If you're reading the New American Standard Version, that word is translated as gentle. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the, for the righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who, when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Let's pray. Father, let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in, my, in thy sight. Father, we ask you to remove any barriers standing in the way from us hearing from you today. Father, let us walk away from this place completely different than when we came. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for Roswell Street Church. Father, we thank you for the tremendous testimony that it has and it's, that it's going to have until you return, Father. I pray that we stay faithful and focused to the call of presenting the gospel to this community and around the world as well. Father, thank you for your word. It does not ever return void. If we listen to it, Father, it will change our lives. If we study it, it will enrich us and encourage us and Father, I pray that we walk away from this place completely different than when we came. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for what you're about to do in our midst today. In Jesus' name we pray and the church said, amen. A gentle or a meek person is not only gentle because his or her dealings with others. Such a person is unpretentious, self-controlled, free of malice or vengeance in their own life. So a meek or gentle person is self-controlled. Dr. Wearsby said it best this way. How can you and I tell whether, we are, uh, whether or not we are meek? Perhaps the simplest answer to that question is, we, we are, are, we self, are we exercising self-control? 
The quality looks at a person with this quality that we look at a person is dealing with other people. A person might acknowledge his or her spiritual bankruptcy that we are bankrupt without Christ and mourn because of the sin that is in our lives or the sin that encompasses us. But to respond meekly when other people regard us as sinful is completely something else to deal with today. Meekness then is the natural and appropriate expression of genuine humility towards others. And by the way, only Matthew's gospel mentions it among the gospel writers. He's the only one that writes about it. Dr. Martin Lord-Jones, the great pastor and theologian himself, he writes these words, The man who is truly meek is the one who is amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. Think about that. Only God and man can treat each other that way. Inheriting the promised land of the Israelites, they, they, ha- they were looking for a hope of a godly, godly time in, while they were wandering in the wilderness. Inheriting this is a privilege of the faithful heirs. He or she can inherit because of who the person is due to the relationship that they have or that's been bestowed upon them. Inheriting is a concept that the apostles wrote about and clarified throughout their writings. Inheriting is not always the same as entering. A person can enter another person's house, for example, without inheriting it. Now, when my father passed away, I inherited his condo. He had a condo. We sold the home place that we had in Trustful, and he moved into a condo, and we inherited the condo. You say, wow, you became additional property owner, didn't you? Well, that was fun for a moment or two. Then we had renters. And those renters weren't always the people that you wanted to have. Now, we were fortunate in our condo to have great renters. We had a medical student that rented from, from us at, at UAB. He was a Hawaiian kid, and he was so prompt in his payment. It was so wonderful. The fact of the matter is, I was telling someone just earlier that he gave us a check every month, and it was the check, if it was 1,001 number, the next month was 1,002. You could tell you he was a, middle, he was a med student. He never wrote a check except the check he wrote to us for the rent. He kept it, he kept it. But when he moved out, when we sold the condo and moved out, it was like a garbage dump had moved into that place. He just didn't take care of it. He was so busy studying, he just didn't take care of it, so we had to clean all of those things out. You see, we entered into that condo, but we inherited that condo. A person can enter a person's house, for example, without inheriting it. The Old Testament concept of inheriting involved not only entering, but also becoming the owner, an owner of, of what he entered into. In the Beatitudes, Jesus is saying, more than that, that the meek will inherit the kingdom of earth. They also enter into an inheritance and possess it. A major theme throughout the entire Sermon on the Mount is believing the disciples' reward, that we receive a reward for following Jesus Christ. We are saved by God's grace, but we get to spend an inheritance and a reward called heaven for our very, very, very own. The earth... The earth is the word that is, you see there, is what the, the meek 
can joyfully anticipate inheriting. The Old Testament concept of the Messianic kingdom was earthly. Messiah would rule over Israel and the nation of the earth. Eventually, the kingdom of the Messiah will move to a new earth. This means that Jesus' meek disciples can anticipate, anticipate receiving the possessions of some of the earth during their messianic reign. This, of course, will be subject to the king ruling over that. Blessed are the meek, for they shall will inherit the earth. So what's the big deal about that statement? What is the big deal about that? Well... Jesus' audience was very spiritually prideful people. Unlike my audience here today, you're not a spiritually prideful people. Jesus' audience was very spiritually prideful. They were liking to, uh, for a strong Messiah. They didn't want a meek Messiah. They wanted a powerful, they wanted a macho Messiah. They wanted a brave heart, blue and white, face painted, wheeling a, a sword Messiah, yelling freedom. They didn't understand the concept of meek was weak in their viewpoint. I, I started thinking about an illustration to help drive home this uh, understanding of meekness. It's like when the ladies go to a, and, I, and it could be men too, because some men love to shop. I love to buy. I don't like to shop. Some of, there's a qu big difference in buying and shopping. Some people go, and I call them rack jerkers. They just slide that stuff by, looking at those things on the rack, right? And they just love to shop. I love to go buy. I won't know what I want. I go buy it, right? But when women, and I'm not going to, please don't get mad at me for saying women, men. When people, let's just put it that way. When people go shopping, they don't just walk in and they somber around on the greatest sale of the day, the Black Friday or something like that. They don't float around. They actually are swimming with the sharks. When there is a sale on, man, they're swimming with the sharks. Now, those who play sports, especially those who play in American football, the coach doesn't put you in the game and says, I want you to go into that game on defense, and I want you to be gentle as a lamb. I want you to nurture the quarterback. I want you to love him to the ground. No, we want to drive him into the ground. Meekness in today's society rubs us the wrong way. But if you are a true Christ follower, meekness is not an option. Not talking about someone walking around with a halo of their head and saying, praise the Lord for everything. I've been around, even pastors that drive me that crazy. They, they walk, they praise the Lord for everything. Well, just praise the Lord. Well, there's sometimes you just can't praise the Lord over, amen? You say, well, aren't you unspiritual? Probably so. But dear friends, I'm just real. Sometimes it's not a praise the Lord. Sometimes it's what in the world is going on, Amen. And the Greek word for gentle or meek was often used to describe that animals who naturally wild-spirited had to be broken and trained to be useful, like a stallion or a, a workhorse or a work mule. I want to give you a truth here today before we get involved in the connection points for you to consider. Here's the truth. I will consciously choose to commit my life and my will to Christ's care and control. I will consciously choose to commit my life and my will to Christ's care 
and control. So meekness is strength under control. Listen to what Peter writes. Courage under fire, so to speak. Peter writes in the New American Standard Version, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and following. For you have been called for this purpose because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you, that you would follow in his steps. Let that sink in, that you follow in his steps. He who commit no sin, nor was any deficit found in, the, in his mouth, and while being abusive, abusively insulted, I should say, he did not insult in return. While suffering, he did not there threaten, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Throughout Scripture, dear friends, he is saying that meekness is self-control. Meekness is saying, in light of me being abused, I don't come back. So this morning, I want to give you three connection points to understanding meekness. Number one is this. Meekness has always been God's way for humanity. Meekness has always been God's way for humanity. Go back and study Moses, one of the great leaders. Moses in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now, now, verse three. now the man Moses was very meek or humble more than all the men that were on the face of the earth. Dear friends, when you go back in Old Testament Scripture, Moses was a great leader. Not a false humility, but a vast understanding of the holiness of God. Meekness means I acknowledge God's holiness. When we acknowledge who God is, when we acknowledge God's holiness, we come to the understanding of what meekness is all about. I want to give you several verses of supporting Scripture for you to consider. Job chapter 5, verse 11. So that he sets on high those who are lowly and those who mourn are lifted to safety. Psalmist writes in Psalms 25, verse 9, He leads the humble in justice and he teaches the humble his ways. Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in chapter 4. We'll be studying this pretty soon in a couple of weeks in our Wednesday Grow Groups. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which, with which you have been called. Let me stop right there. We are called to walk worthy of the calling. What is he saying there? Meekness says, I am going to stand firm on my convictions, but I am to walk worthy of the calling of the, of the banner that is placed upon me as a Christ follower. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness and pa with patience, sowing tolerance for one another in love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. What is the Apostle Paul saying to us? We are united as the body of Christ. We're saved by the same grace, every one of us. And we are united so we should be walking worthy of the calling that we call ourselves. Not just because we're members of Roswell Street, but we're members of kingdom of God. Amen. 
Meekness is strength under control. He goes on to write to the church at Colossae. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And so though, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then the writer writes to Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient and to be ready for every good deed. To malign no one, to be peaceful, gentle, showing every consideration of all, uh, consideration of all men. So it's always been God's way for all of humanity. Always. Meekness is always be the best policy. Being gentle is so much easier than to be harsh. When we're harsh and we're mad and we lash out at one another and lash out at fellow brothers and sisters, what happens? It starts a, a, a war, so to speak. It might be a war internally, and then it could get really out of control that can get physical. Oh, my dear friends, meekness Understanding has always been God's way for humanity. Secondly, meekness is confidence in who I am. Confidence in who I am. I am not talking about some self-help seminar. Heaven forbid we go to another one of those. You can go to any bookstore, if those are still open these days, you can buy it on Amazon. But you go to any bookstore and you can find the self-help section there's a plethora of books, millions of books written on self-help magazines. Some of them are okay. Some of them are good. Some of them are encouraging. But I'm not talking about a self-help seminar here. We have seen how confusion, uh, confusing and, uh, those things are with cockiness and arrogance even some, and even prideful. But we must realize who we are in Christ Jesus. We must have a spiritual checkup from the heart up. We need to realize who we are in Christ Jesus. We are saved by God's glorious grace. That's identification number one. We must come to that realization. Confess that we are in his grasp. We are held in his hand, holding on to the promises that he has given us. So this week, I did a little self-help evaluation on old brother Dan here. I wrote these words. I remind myself of this. I am Dan Moran. Duh. I am a sinner saved by grace. I am not perfect. And I have evil thoughts. And I have misused words. Wounded other people. I am fearful at times. I struggle with people pleasing. I have things about myself that I really don't like. You're probably thinking, wow, I pray Brian and the pastor search team is not looking for a guy like that. I'm so, you're probably thinking that way. Oh, my goodness, we don't want a guy like that. Or maybe you're saying it like this. Wow. Sounds a lot like me. Friends, let me tell you something. We need a self-evaluation. Occasionally, we need a spiritual checkup from the heart up. Meekness is in confidence of who I am. Meekness is confidence of who I am. I am totally confident that I am not God. Every time I think I'm God, I mess up. Amen? I'm just not good at being God. 
And neither will the next pastor that stands in this pulpit either. He's just not good at being God. And by the way, gathering here real close, if you're viewing online, don't miss this. Neither are you. Amen? Aren't you glad that we didn't have to die for the sins of the world? The ladies looking in the room, looking across over at their husband saying, thank God I didn't have to die for him. Not even sure I like him. Right? Come on, can I get amen to that? Come on, girls, be, be honest. I mean, we all punted. All us guys in the room, we punted past our coverage. I mean, we outkicked our coverage. If y'all don't understand, that's a football term. You never want to outkick to kick your coverage in a punch situation. Never. And every one of us in this room outkicked our coverage. He said, well, wait a minute, you don't know my wife. Well, she's a whole lot better than you, dude. I can just tell you. Amen? Oh, me. Message Bible. Don't preach from it, but I love this language. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. God, your God, is the God of all gods. He is the master of all masters. A God immersed and powerful and awesome. Dear friends, let me tell you something. Me, this is confidence in who I am. I cannot fix this by myself. I can't fix the political situation in America. I can't fix the financial ruins that are going on in, in this world. I can't fix the situations. I can't fix all the things that are going on inside the four walls of my house. If you haven't raised kids, you know what, if you've raised kids, you know what I'm talking about. We can't fix it all, but we can trust God who can. Meekness is confidence in knowing who I am. Secondly, and thirdly, meekness is confidence in whose I am. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, I love this verse. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Man, that'll preach right there, won't it? That is good stuff because I said yes to Jesus when he called my name, when he wooed me as a Baptist kid at First Baptist Trustful, Alabama, growing up in church work, being, I was Southern Baptist nine months before I was born. I mean, I've been going to Southern Baptist Church my entire life. And, and at age 17, Carrie, the Lord just started, the Holy Spirit started drawing me down the aisle at First Baptist Trustful, drawing me down to grab Pastor Francis by the hand and say, Dr. Francis, I'm coming to faith in Christ today. I made a decision that moment at age 17 to follow Jesus. Have I messed up along the way? Absolutely. Probably did this morning. Boy, we got a wicked pastor. Yes, you do. But I am saved by God's grace. Amen. And I realize who I am. Have I messed up? Yes. But I am a Christ follower, not because my parents were Christ followers, not because I grew up in a wonderful little town and went to a wonderful church every week, every Wednesday. Every time the doors opened, every business meeting we ever had, every kind of thing we ever had, I went. Why? Because my mom and dad drugged me there every time. But at age 17, I came to faith in Christ Jesus because I'm a Christ follower, because I said yes to him. That was the decision and the commitment that I made, that a conscious choice that I make. And that I make it over and over and over and over again 
every day as a reminder of whose I am. God demonstrated his own love towards me while I was a yet a sinner. Christ died for me. I love every one of you in this congregation. I told Deb yesterday, I said, man, I really like this Roswell Street bunch. I think, I, I really like them a lot. They're sweet people, most of them. Those are not serving in deep. No, I'm just kidding. I love this church, but not one of y'all died for me. I didn't die for you, but Christ died for us. Listen to Romans 6, verse 16. Oh, this is beautiful. Don't, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Paul writing to the church at Rome, he's saying, don't you realize that you become a slave every day to what you choose? You can be a slave to sin, which is, leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. I'm telling you guys, I've chosen that other way time and time again. But I choose today, and for many years now I have, choose today to righteous living. Now, am I perfect? No, neither are you. I choose to commit my life and my will. That's everything, not just part of it. That separates those of us who are walking authentically and intimately with Christ daily, who are choosing not occasional fans of Jesus. Man, I'm not a fan of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. That makes me a fan. Amen? Are you a fan or are you a follower? I choose to be a follower, not just a fan. Luke chapter 14, verse 33. So then none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. You mean everything? You mean my house? My 401k, my savings account, my job, my family, absolutely. Let me give you a theological statement here. If you want this, this is probably the deepest thing I'll ever share with you. Let go and let God have it. That wowed y'all, didn't it? Let go and let God have it. He'll do a better job of it than you will and than I will. I choose to commit my life to Christ and his care and his control because he loves me. Even when I'm unlovable. Even when I, my financial is not, area is not in order. I got wayward kids. Maybe an untamed tongue or to anger management issues. I choose to follow Christ because he loves me. He loves me from the peak of personal, personal performance to the lowest point of my life, everything, because he loves me where I am and has the power to change me for my good and for his glory. Jesus so beautifully said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. It's always been God's way for humanity. Meekness has. Meekness is confidence in who I am. Meekness is confident in whose I am. 
And here's what he wants for us. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life might have it more abundantly. Blessed are those who are meek or gentle, for they will inherit the earth. So what does that mean for us today? It goes back to our message truth. Are you choosing? Are you choosing Jesus? Are you saying, Jesus, I am going to completely trust you for every aspect of my life. I choose for, your, to, for you to control and care for me because you believed in me, because you loved me, because you sent your son to die for me. Regardless of where we are in the journey collectively as a body of believers, if we choose today to surrender to his care and his control, he has a better plan than we do. He has a better mechanism for us fulfilling that plan than we do. I choose to be meek to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. With heads bowed, eyes closed, we're going to sing here in a moment. Maybe you just need to come to the altar and pray. We have encouragers here. Pastors and I will be standing here at the front to greet you. That If you need to speak with us, we'd love to have a conversation with you. If you're viewing us on our live stream, you can do that simply by going to our live stream. Right now, you can message us and let us know of the decision you're making today. Today, I challenge us to realize and embrace the meekness that God has instilled in us. He wants us. We can take confidence of who we are in him and whose we are. We are his children, saved by his grace. Father God, do your work in this place. We love you. We thank you and praise you. Send those that need to come our way, Father, be a part of this faith family. For us to be part and partners in ministry here together. Father, I just pray that you'll use this mightily in kingdom work. That we can be a place where the meek shall inherit the earth today. Father, that, we, will, that we, can, we can present that message of hope to a hopeless world. And Father, thank you for the many ministries that we have here that are thriving and moving forward. The greatest days are ahead for the life of Roswell Street Baptist Church. Father, I pray that we surrender our will and our ways to you. You have complete control, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we stand and sing, I challenge you, if you're here today and you want to be a part of this faith family, we invite you to come and be a part. We welcome you with open arms. Why would we do that? Because Jesus would do it. And we want to be the example of Jesus. Would you come and be a part of us? If you're here and a guest and you're looking for a church home, you found it. Welcome in. We want you to be a part of this faith family. If you're here today and you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, we're here for that as well. We want you to come and connect with him first and then connect with us as we can grow together. Father God, do your work in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We